I'm not going to preach long. I want to go right to the heart of the message. This time of year, we kind of think two different ways. One is about presence. And of course, not just for children. As we get older, there are certain gifts that are given to us that are already wrapped, have their bows. We look at the card, we see who it's from, and we start thinking, what could it be? We never get old enough to shake it a little bit, to feel the weight of it. Of course, then there's always smart alecks in the family somewhere where actually what they have is a finger ring in there, but they put it in 14 different boxes, box and box and box and box, just so you'll never figure it out till the end. What is all that about? It's about the anticipation of the reveal. What's really in the package? Is it what I think it's going to be? Or is it something that I would have never thought of or didn't think I could ever possess and somebody was thinking of me? When we also get to this Christmas season, we also think of the religious part of it. We think about the nativity itself. And of course, in our mind, when it comes to giving a devotional, we typically go to the shepherds or we go to the wise men or we go to this young virgin and, and uh, we think about the stable scene, which probably was a cave and just a front built to uh, keep the livestock in. But then there's one more area that maybe, maybe you haven't thought of. I want you to stand with me with your Bibles open. Those that are streaming, join us in 1 John chapter 1. Maybe you've never seen this as a Christmas text. But 1 John chapter 1, the first four verses simply says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made, there it is, manifest, revealed. And we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is a shouting ground Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. Thank you for your word, Lord. And let it really, really settle into not only our minds, but our hearts in this Christmas season. Amen. You may be seated for just a moment. There are several references that John says that if I had time to really teach this morning, I would go more in depth of John's role above all the other original apostles. But here he is writing later on in life, and again, he references Jesus Christ in more than one way. And in this, he references that Jesus is called the Word. This is the same guy that we have in our Bibles, one of the Gospels, also named after him, John. And he opened up that gospel the same way he did this letter later on to the next generation and the generation after them. And simply tells us 
And the Word, oh yeah, you got it, was in the beginning. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things that were created were not created without Him. And in Him was life, which became the light of men. And here again he is echoing the same message to the next generation. Years later, he's never lost that look, that truth, that Jesus is the Word. In 1 John, he says that he's the Word of life. But notice in verse 2, he also says something else that is so profound, that Jesus is eternal life. He did not say here that Jesus has eternal life. Neither here did he say that he offers eternal life. And both those things are very true. But this is really the Christmas message. That he is eternal life. You know, that's something that we don't like to deal with and then we do like to deal with it. And when there's somebody passing in our family and we're going to a funeral, we're made to look at our our mortality again. And then we, we want to push it off. And then other times, in brighter times in our life, we like to think about what it might be eternally with God. But we're so human and we're so connected to this earth that we have so many responsibilities that we put it off and we only get snippets of it. We get glimpses of it. We get just simple passing thoughts. But here he brings out this truth that Jesus is eternal life. When we think about living forever, there are those that go to a measure. Matter of fact, living in Scottsdale, Arizona for five years, I know that there is a facility there that's known for their cryonics. Cryonics is is this hope of a resurrected life. Through low temperature freezing, 238 degrees Fahrenheit below zero. To preserve the head of a person, to preserve the whole body. With the hope that science will one day get there to where there can be life forever. It comes with a simple price tag today. Somewhere around $200,000. How many of you are ready to sign up? And where these individuals are sincere, it's all about living eternally. But when it comes to connecting eternal life with Jesus, this is where so many miss it. They don't know what to do with it. You mean to tell me that he is eternal life? It's It's all about him. Is he what he said? The way, the truth, the life. The life, the light of men. From the very beginning, the word of God keeps repeating this theme. But we can get so churched and hear so many messages that somewhere it blurs until we are forced once again to realize, wait a minute. We can't afford Jesus just to be one of the boys. That he's one of the many answers. That it's a relative truth, and it works for some, it doesn't work for me. How many times has someone come to you, or maybe you've thought yourself, 
I don't know what to do with Jesus with this eternal stuff. I don't know what to do with, about dogmas and creeds and doctrines about Jesus. And then they typically will repeat those statements with the next statement. What I believe is that it's about living a good life. I don't know about doctrines, but as long as I live a good life. But you see, that's where the deception comes in. Because that statement alone is a doctrine. You just said you don't believe in doctrine, but you stated the doctrine that you're living by. That if I live a good life, I'll have eternal life. What we're really saying in that moment is, I don't really need help. I don't really need a Savior. The other night, I know he wouldn't mind me saying this, of one of the people mentioned that has COVID is Lynn Davis, and all of you enjoy his great singing. This is the third time he's faced COVID. Also, along with the story, Bobby, his wife, has COVID, and she fell, and she had to be taken to the emergency room. He called. He wanted to have prayer. He was very nervous. He was very concerned, obviously. And I said, Lynn, before I pray with you, I want you to be reminded that you've just been given a gift, a gift of perspective, that we can go through our good days, our healthy days, and, and not think about how much we really need God. But it's in moments like these, these weak moments, when we are weak, it's then we're made strong. I said, you've been given the gift again to realize how much we need God in our life. He said, you're right. You see, he's our everything. And he is our eternal life. Jesus said himself, no man comes to the Father except by me. We're in an hour again when there's so much stirring and so we're in a culture of feelings that just tell me if I'm a good person, that's good enough. It's not good enough. We need a Savior. And that's the message of the Christmas story. For unto us has been given a Savior. Again, we think of all the things that the salvation of works is saying. I, I, I can do this myself. I, I'll, I'll figure it out somehow. I, I, I don't want to bother anybody else. I, I, I'll just do it myself. It's the Christmas season that reminds us of one beautiful biblical word, the incarnation. God became flesh. You see, that's the gift it had been sealed in the womb of a virgin. But at Christmas, we're reminded of the great reveal. Shepherds were privileged to come and, and see it in its infancy. But here is John speaking to us as an older man. He's already a senior citizen by now. He's already on Medicare. And he's telling the next generation, I'm giving a deposition. I've seen him. I've heard him. I've touched the word of life. I've touched God. I've touched this gift given to us. God had become flesh. This is the wonderful story of Christmas. That God himself has gone to infinite measures... For all of us, for every one of us, 
Gone to infinite measures that God could meet with us personally. Today, I can't help being who I am, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching different people coming in a little later, and another one a little later. You know who you are, by the way. <laughs> and I, just the stories behind the people, the faces that I know. I got thinking about those we have said goodbye to, or we'll see you later. I've pastored here so long, I've buried a whole church. And I think about this season, all these different ones that have already been given their reward. And I'll get to see them again one day. But the privilege of a Christian community, a church family, and all the highs and the lows and everything in between that goes with it. But it comes back to this. That the infinite became finite. That the extraordinary would become so ordinary that we could touch him and see him. When those shepherds came, they were told by an angel, don't fear, go, for I have good news of of great joy for you. In the city of David, a Savior is born. Eternal life is now being offered. Yes, John got it right. He got it right the first time he wrote. He got it again the last time he wrote in these last three little letters. Jesus is eternal life. Would you stand with me today?